0: Every once in a while, you get that feeling at home where you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm in the DMZ. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of
1: motherhood. Let's have a responsible amount of cereal and then go back for more. It's it's an ongoing battle for me. With Margaret
0: Abels And Amy Wilson. And I shook my fist at the sky and I yelled, Amy Wilson. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. That's the worst moment of the day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. This is Margaret. And this is
1: Amy. And this week we're talking about small changes that have made a big difference. Again, this is part
0: two. This is our first part, duh. <laughs> We've never done a two-parter before. We, this we had so much to talk about. I said on the last episode we could have done an entire episode just about socks. We had like forty. It pretty people much, be like, here's what I do with the socks. It pretty
1: much was a whole episode just about socks. And yeah. and if you haven't listened to it, you might think, well, I wouldn't listen to that. But let me tell you, you were doing your socks all <laughs> wrong.
0: Yes, I'm telling you, spin-off podcast, small changes, big difference. Like one day it's <laughs> laundry, next week is socks. Like this is how you could change your entire life by just buying one color. Socks, and so we, we we asked people on our Facebook
1: page and on our Instagram to tell us some small changes, and we we got a ton. We didn't even get through them, and then every time we promoted this, the, the last episode, we got more tips. Like, think, this is this is something that everybody's got. Like, wait a minute, here's the thing I do that changes everything, and they're so good, we're doing more of them,
0: and they're for all ages. If we got ba- we got baby tips and we got teenager tips, we got them all. We got tips for ages. everybody. And stages. And as a special bonus,
1: we are going to do a shout out to some of our other favorite parenting sites and Instagrammers who, uh, who gave us some of their ideas. Yes,
0: because we, we were met just at the Mom 2.0 conference where ah, ah, we won podcast of the year. And uh, we were with a bunch of amazing women who all do digital content and some men who also do amazing digital content. And so we asked, we solicited a couple of tips from them while we were there. So that'll be fun. Yeah, exactly. All right. So,
1: so let's, so let's get started with our ages and stages. Should we just roll right into the baby tips? Yes. Let's start. You and I, you know, we might, we might have some new listeners this week. So I wanted to start by saying that this is Amy
0: and my kids are 10, 13 and 15. And this is Margaret and my kids are nine seven but soon to be eight and six but I have a niece who is being born as we speak really and so I'm gonna need some bit to freshen up my baby tips in case I get roped into some babysitting but wait a minute so like like we are like waiting like at the hospital waiting for an update is that what we're getting? induction today this morning so oh, that's exciting if I get a text while we're recording I will let you know
1: yeah all right so we so we've been there we know from babies And we really wish... We've tried to forget, but we can't. It's
0: burned in our memories.
1: I really wish, Jessa, that I had known you 15 years ago so that you you could have told me this tip, which is that when you make up your baby's crib, you go first waterproof pad, then fitted sheet, then waterproof pad, then fitted sheet, and do this like four or five more times. So then when there's a diaper explosion in the middle of the night... You take off the top crib sheet, and then the waterproof pad underneath, and the crib mattress is already made up.
0: (laughs) Why didn't we think of this, Amy? (laughs) I want to start doing this with my own bed. Like, I'm just going to set my bed with like, I'm going to just go to a sheet sale and a blanket sale, and I'm going to make like eight layers of my bed, and in the morning, I'm just going to peel them off.
1: That is so, That's yeah, why not? Why not put like six fitted sheets on the bed, and then just take them off one
0: at a time? And the thing I always, I talk a lot about sleep training, and- one of the things I talk about is nothing interesting happens in the nighttime. This is why I I always say the go-to um, baby essential that people laugh at, but I swear by, is the wipes warmer. Because if you hit the baby with a warm wipe in the middle of the night, they, they don't have that shock of waking up. You, know? you just try to keep everything like, you're not really awake. Hold on, I just hit the mic. You just try to keep everything like, you're not really awake. This is nothing big is happening. We're just going to one, two, three, and you're back to sleep. Right. Now, let you me don't just want lay to turn on the, on the floor lights. Where's the spare sheet? <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Nothing is- exciting happens. So this is a genius tip. This
1: is clutch. And while we're on the subject of baby wipes, Annie... From Avenue Mama, which is a great website, says that she has a whole changing setup downstairs and another one upstairs. Why are you going upstairs every time you change the baby, right? Have it and have multiple setups around the house so that you just change the baby's diaper where you are. Especially
0: for those Absolutely. days where you're like, I just wanna like watch Ellen and eat chips because I'm still recovering. Like And I mean you don't have to you don't have to invest in like you know, the beautiful Jennifer Lopez nursery, like giant changing table with everything's white and the same color. Just get a mattress pad and some wipes and have them where you put it on the floor. Right. And a, and f- a, a ba- little bucket, one of those little, you know, target <laughs> buckets with some onesies. A slop bucket? Slop bucket. <laughs> no, I'm thinking for the onesies, you know, it's like
1: you just bing, bam, boom, you're done. Bing bing bing. So my friend Sarah says she always keeps a full pack of diapers, like the 32 diapers, the 300 wipes and the and the, you know, portable changing pad. She keeps all of that in the car when she goes and does her Target run. She just puts it doesn't even take it out of the bag, just puts it right in the car because then you're not you're not stuck one diaper short at grandma's house you always you always have more than you need why wouldn't you
0: yeah i was the biggest diaper beggar like i was always that mom at the playground who was like hey do you have an extra diaper like i just couldn't get it together my diaper bag was always spent
1: Right. So, who needs? Well, I'm I'm envious as a New Yorker of the uh, of the car, the car trunk. I think it's such a huge opportunity that you don't know what you have until you don't have it. Like my my purse is my car trunk. I don't I don't have a place right. to store extra right. stuff except you I'm need like a it rolling bag
0: with you at all times.
1: I do need a season. rolling bag. You know, my, my I tell you, maybe you could make that hit, make a new big look difference. in New York City. Rebecca, to, in in the similar vein of just have another set of everything. She said, get get an extra. Get an extra breast pump. She bought hers on Craigslist. Leave it at work. All the all the setups, leave them at work. You're not taking it back and forth and back and forth. And forgetting stuff. Yes.
0: Yeah. A lot of the baby stuff is like, stop being the... Sherpa with the 86,000 bags of things everywhere you go. And that breast pump, let me tell you, like the humping the breast pump on the subway, it's not not fun. My sister tells a story. She was
1: flying somewhere and had to bring her breast pump. It was her friend's wedding, and she had to bring the breast pump with her because she was going without the baby for the weekend. And goes goes to TSA with that. You can picture what they look like, right? They're this mysterious black suitcase kind of thing. Right, but it's kind of of disguised as a
0: handbag kind of. Yeah, it's like basically... TSA it's a, nightmare it's a yeah
1: exactly it's disguised as as a, a neutral thing and so right this TSA guy's like ah, you need to open this up what is this ma'am and starts you know poking and prodding and <laughs> he's then she be says so i sorry to, he asked right, she explains to him that it's a breast pump and not the word breast like his his hands as if electrocuted jumped back <laughs> from the back. item
0: and she
2: was he's allowed
0: like, to go to her gate mm, yeah he's like whatever I don't want any part of this just get out <laughs> of my face. Right. And don't say the word breast again. Right. So yeah, just have just have two of everything. No problem. I mean, it's a little bit indulgent, but it does, for the places it makes sense, fighting against that feeling of like, oh my God, my whole life is running upstairs, downstairs. Every time I try to sit down, I've got to go do something else. Like, try to work against that by setting yourself up with a couple of little stations. So we got another, a toddler hint. Actually. Oh, toddlers. <laughs> How because we don't miss toddlers. having you. <laughs>
1: Um, Annie from Avenue Mama again, she says a tip to get toddlers to do something when you have to say no, also give them two yeses. For instance, no, you can't jump on the couch, but you can jump on the floor or sit down here next to me.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I think that these tips sometimes fall into your grandmother's tweet, tweet category. Like they're a little precious, like, you know, the articles that are like, oh, find ways not to say no, you know, and you kind of feel like, "Eh." but I think the key to them is really like. It's very easy to become like the no machine to your kids. Like every single thing that you're like, no, no, stop doing that. Stop doing that. Stop doing that all day long. And I think the point of this tip is like offer a yes or two yes alternatives. And so that you just come out of that role of feeling like your only role in your kid's life is to be like, stop, stop, no, stop, no, which is basically... What you have to do with a two-year-old?
1: I, I never had a problem with that. Like the idea that like you can't let your kid here know too much. Like I didn't care about that, but I do think that this tip is is for the for the mom, not for the toddler, right? Like if you give the toddler two yeses instead of a the no, then you're going to avoid the volcanic meltdown that may occur. And it's just, it's just a way to be like water and offer, and offer, and, and flow, offer a, on, yeah.
0: flow on.
1: It's a way for your toddler to save face and say like, okay, I'll accept the jumping on the floor. I'll take that option. Thank you. And everybody's happy. And there's no, and there's no meltdown. And I'll tell you church. what,
0: I'm still doing this with fourth graders in my house. No, you're not allowed to jump on my couch like maniacs, but you can go outside and play on bikes or you can go out, and I'll set up the soccer goals, and you can play on them. Or you guys can play video games. But no, you are not allowed to, with your shoes on, make a couch fort and run all over my couch.
1: <laughs> options still Sense. works. Don't we all like options? This was we got this this tip from the website Cup of Joe. This is actually a, a reader for the website Cup of Joe. They put this up. It was shared on Instagram a bajillion times. And it's a sweet story and also at its at its core, I think, an amazing uh, bit of advice. Growing up, my absolute favorite dinner was Plate of Little Things. My single mom would slice cheese, apples, crackers, hot dogs, dry cereal, whatever, and we would eat it in front of the TV. I told her that recently and she said, What? Those were the nights I failed. I didn't cook anything. I was too tired to even talk to you guys. It goes to show it may be just when we fail that our kids feel most happy.
0: Oh, I mean, it really is. I get goosebumps, even though I've heard it before. I mean, this is so much the key to so many of the things that we do that like that internal monologue of like, oh, it's all going wrong and I'm not doing right. And everyone else is doing better than me. Like that, that these little moments, like for me, it's pancake dinner. Like I have such a memory from childhood of like, oh, and then my mom she would every once in a while, just to show her love for us and show how much she adored us, she would make pancakes for dinner. And then as an adult, one night I went to make pancakes for my kids because I was like, oh, I forgot to go shopping. There's nothing here. And I had this like, like the scales fell from my eyes. And I was like, oh my God, pancake dinner is just like, I'm done. I got nothing left in the tank. There are no groceries in the house. I'm serving you pancakes for dinner. Yeah. Pancake dinner is about not going to the grocery store. Yeah. And, and so cares? just it's to remember the story, right? Like the story you tell yourself is like, I'm such a bad mom that I'm giving up and giving them a plate of little things and sticking them in front of the TV. And the story they're hearing is like, these were magical times. Watch your story. The, the, to
1: me, the, to me, the takeaway from this is that the branding opportunities are always there to change something into something that your kids will be completely excited about. It's give it give it a brand, the plate of little things. This this person remembers it, right? So so here's here's an example of how how I've done this with my own kids. My boys were really little. I think they were four and two. I was pregnant with their sister. Um, you know, summertime. Come on, guys, let's get the shoes on. Come on, we're gonna go to the park. And fifteen minutes later, we have half of one shoe on, and, and just you know, just all of that. And at the end of my rope, I said, okay, the first boy to have his shoes on and be at the door is super awesome guy. And they both like looked up like, what's super awesome guy? I'm like, well, you'll find out. Let's see. Let's see who's going to, what's going to be. And (laughs) the way they fell to their task with it was immediate. And then, so the older guy gets his shoes on first because he's four, right? So he gets to the front door first. The two-year-old cries, he's not super awesome guy. And I said, hey, hey, Look alive, because there will be other opportunities, and then you can be super awesome. Stay guy. in the game, kid. Yeah, stay in the game. And he did. Like I've never had more attentive children holding my hand when we cross the street. Like they were, they were, they were determined. on fleek, and they 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 <laughs> traded back and forth the title of super awesome guy for the rest of the summer. It took it took months for it to dawn on them that there was kind of no end There game. is actually no such thing as super awesome guy and we've been had by our mother. There was no award ceremony. It was just like you get to be super awesome guy for thirty seconds. And it was enough. Take advantage of all of those. Okay, so here's here's another example. Rasha. She says, When I was totally wiped out in my first trimester, And we had just moved and my husband was at work a lot. I didn't have the energy at the end of the day to do bedtime. So I told my boys who were five and seven at the time that they'd get to have brother bedtime where they'd read to each other and get to decide for themselves when lights out would be. It became the highlight of their week. Brother bedtime. We have that at my house every night now. Brother bedtime because my kids are so old. It's it's ten fifteen and I'm exhausted.
0: Like guys, just don't don't stay up too late, okay? I don't know what they're doing. They're (laughs) putting themselves to bed. It's brother bedtime again every night. It's always brother bedtime. Giving them sort of a fun role in it is a great idea. My husband's been out of town and it's my husband works from home and I don't even realize how spoiled I am that I can be like, okay, you you stay home and do your homework. I'm gonna take the kids the other one to violin. If you need anything, go get dad, but basically just sit here and do your homework or sit on the iPad or whatever. So my husband's out of town and I'm suddenly like doing that juggle of like, now you've got to come with me and sit while your brother goes to violin. Then we've got to pick up the other one at ballet. And it just has become much more difficult. But you know, I kind of gave them like a military speech last night, like guys, dad's out of town we've got to get to violin and ballet and get all your homework done. Who's in? And they kind of went for it, you know? And I I just kept like, I was like, wow, I can't believe how much you're helping me tonight. This is, I thought this was going to be terrible, but look at the job you guys are doing like great job. And they kind of got into it. Yeah, I just kind of branded it as like, it's step up time. Who's, who's (laughs) going to be my little soldier? I mean, I've also had, it. I remember clearly taking my nephews and nieces to some boardwalk thing when we were in Florida on vacation. I didn't have kids at the time. And they were like, whatever, six, five, three, and two. It was a nightmare. I remember sitting the six-year-old down and being like, you're going to be my captain tonight. You're second in command. So whatever goes wrong, you're second in command. And of course, he was wilding out the whole night, like just running around like a maniac. Oh, I thought you were going to say he was like Percy Weasley and like started lording his authority over everybody. No, no, he just was like a (laughs) maniac. Like he kept running away. And I was like, dude, dude. I thought you were my second command, and he's like, "Yeah, it just was too excited to be interested in that." I was like, "Yeah, good point." <laughs> so it's not foolproof. It Don't always take work, this one
1: of the bank, but it's always worth a shot. Give it, give it a brand name and see what happens. Hashtag it. Yeah. All right, back to the dinner. The dinner ideas. We heard from a bunch of people that meal planning for the whole week is a uh, is a change that makes a big difference. And I'm going to give another shout out to our uh, sponsor Prep Dish because you can try two free weeks of their meal planning service it is very easy good stuff you don't have to decide what you're gonna make they just tell you and what everything to buy and you get two free you get two free weeks you go to preptish.com slash wFh so Lower check case. that out. But Abigail says, I like this idea because she has younger kids. She says she found post-it notes with the days of the week on them. And she posts the dinner for the week on the cabinet for the whole family to see. And there's no arguing with the post-it notes. It says there's going to be pork
0: chops and carrots. And that's what it's going to be. I believe in this so firmly. I fought dinner prep for so long. I was like, I'm I'm not going to ruin my Sunday by dinner prep. And they don't like anything anyway. Dinner prep makes a huge difference. Just especially like I have one guy who is so... It ruins his day. He'll start asking me at 10 a.m. What's for dinner? (laughs) What if it's something I don't like? What am I going to eat? You know, he'll ruin his whole day worrying about what's for dinner. And so it's like the board is there. He looks at the board. If it's something he doesn't like, I'm like, well, let's work it out. I'll, I'll make biscuits that you do like. And then you'll have something you like and work it out. And it's helped with everything. It's I think the key here is like the certainty of the neutral party being the whiteboard or the post-its that say what's for dinner, it takes you out of the middle of having a constant fight with your kids. This reminds me of a
1: um, dog training tip that I found most applicable I to child-rearing. I love my how you're constantly
0: being like, here's how dog training applies to right. child-rearing and it's always dead on. It's always
1: dead on. So this this tip, which I forget if it was from Cesar Milan or what, but but. It was, you know how dogs, like with some people, they're fine. And then with some people, they're really growly and barky and nippy. And you're like, what's like, what's the difference? Why is this dog fine with me, but not with my husband or whatever? Dogs don't mind if you're in charge and dogs don't mind if they're in charge. When dogs start to get really growly and a little bit
0: dangerous is when they're not sure who's in charge. Amy, your record of dog training metaphors is you're batting a thousand still (laughs) because that's exactly right right so so
1: i feel like in this case your kid is like "Uh, what's for dinner what if i don't like it and then you look at the you look at the post-its on the wall or the whiteboard whoever it is like the whiteboard's in charge the whiteboard's in charge and and now i know who's in charge and i don't really like pork chops but i but i've got all day to sort of work that out with myself
0: it's north korea south korea you're okay if you're in north korea you're okay well depending on how you define that. You're okay if you're in South Korea, but you don't want to be in the demilitarized zone. That's where it goes wrong. So like, get on one side of that divide and don't hang out in the DMZ. (laughs) Don't hang out in the DMZ. That's Words to live by. Every once in a while, you get that feeling at home where you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm in the DMZ. So Laura says... That in her
1: house, she limits the number of cups accessible because however many cups are accessible, that's how many
0: cups get used. Lauren is a genius. Yeah. Because, and I'm going to add to this the correct serving size for a drink up until the age of 10, at least, is like two ounces of liquid. It's, it's 0.25 milliliters at a I'm time. I'm still pouring my, my son yesterday wanted some milk cause he was having cookies for dessert and he poured like a pint glass full of milk to the rim for himself. And I just grabbed it right back from him and poured out 96% of it because they don't drink that much. And the amount of juice and milk that I have poured down my sink could like, could power New York state for a month. Uh, uh, I my, don't know how, but yeah. somehow it could.
1: My, my my pet peeve is the the cereal like slog of what when when my kids pour literally half a box of cereal into their bowl and then have three bites and then they have to leave. Yeah, that's that, not good either. I try to I try to meet out. Uh, let's let's have a responsible amount of cereal and then go back for more. It's it's an ongoing battle for me. So Lindsay says she runs the dishwasher every night, even if it's not
0: quite full, because you can't don't have a dirty dishwasher Ugh. in the morning. Two nights ago, Lindsay, I could have used you because I, yeah, my husband's out of town and I put like 10 dishes in the dishwasher or whatever. I filled it up like 70% and I thought I'll wait. And then in the morning I had nothing clean. I was just kidding.
1: Right. Then you have 125% of a dishwasher's worth of dirty dishes and nowhere to put them. Yeah, that's not great. Not great. Oh, okay. So our next our next tip is from
0: Janelle Hanchett, who has the site Renegade Mothering. And has a new book. We just <laughs> met her at Mom 2.0. Guys, this book yeah. A new brand new book. It's called I'm Just Happy to Be Here and I Just Finished It and it is so good. Go get it today. And she has mothering tips for us. Uh, yeah, she. this is what she said. She said, we have the kids do dishes
1: in one week cycles. Same kid every night does dishes for a week. The other kid clears the table and wipes counters after dinner and the job switches each Sunday. There's no more remembering whose turn it is.
0: Yeah, that it's solid. I Back think to the dog uh,
1: training thing, right? I where there's no who is it? I did it last night, well I did it two nights before that. It's just the this is who this is who's doing it and there's nothing to talk about.
0: And Janelle has another tip in the same vein, which is that she has every kid gets the shotgun seat, the front seat of the car for a month. For a month,
1: which is interesting because I would have said let's make it a week, but she does a month and and I get it. The fewer transitions you have in your life the better.
0: Yeah, because otherwise it's like, well, if you do it every day, it's like, well, Tuesday, but I only got to ride in this front seat to school. And today we have a road trip to here and it's not fair. It's a month. No questions asked. Take yourself out of the middle of it. Should we move on to the laundry? Because even though we talked about laundry so
1: much last time, I feel that we... (laughs) We got more laundry tips.
0: Listen, we could have a podcast called "Small Changes, Big Difference" the laundry, and it could run for seventy five episodes. There
1: are there's a lot to say. Basically, there was a sort of I don't want to call it a backlash, but there was a sort of there um, was I hate to say it a group response. My mother, a big beloved Nancy Wilson, Nancy Wilson, who knows a few things about laundry, has a tip that she uh, safety pins. She keeps safety pins in the laundry room, whatever, and she safety pins the socks together on the way in to the laundry so that you they, they
0: stay together they stay matched and you don't lose you don't have the mystery lost sock i want to say the facebook crowd turned on nancy wilson they, the, they were not down with this tip yes yeah, stephanie kate renee all were like there's this thing called a mesh bag <laughs> they didn't so much turn on her as they were like nancy let us help you out here stop doing that yeah get a mesh bag now I'm going to I'm going to um, just offer
1: one thing in in my mother's defense, which is the mesh bag. Okay, all the socks are in there, so you don't lose the socks,
0: but you do still have to pair up the socks. So, so you either take the pain on the front or on the back. Yeah, but I mean, I know. Listen, I love Nancy Wilson; she's the greatest, and I know she's your mom. But it's still more bonkers because. Safety pinning them at the front doesn't... It, it takes just as long as matching them up out of the mesh bag at the end. We got to move into 2018. It's mesh bag time, guys. We're not safety pinning anymore. <laughs> We're mesh bagging. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. We'll see about <laughs> I mean, listen. Nancy, just, you do what works for you. My friend Suzanne says she stopped folding because what's the point? So this was very controversial on our last take on this. Uh The non-folding, but... The more I've thought about it, I think, you know, that all my kids wear is like these like sports performance wear things and t-shirts. There really is very little upside to folding. Right, right. Now she And my kid in the morning is like, "I need my favorite shirt, so let me unfold the 19 shirts you folded and then stick them all back in." And so maybe it is time to free myself from the step that is folding. Can I give you an intermediary step
1: that is available to you if you want it? Please do. That if you if you're not ready to stop Organizing your kids' drawers, you know, even once in a while. Instead of folding stuff in a stack, especially shirts, but even shorts and pajamas and stuff, you roll them and you put them in a row facing up. So especially the T-shirts, you just roll it. And then the, uh, I don't know, Phineas and Ferb or the dinosaur or whatever's on the outside of the, of the you can T-shirt is, is, is facing up. So they can see all their shirts at once and they can pull out just the one that they mean to wear um, and the other ones don't get yanked out with it. It does help keep the drawer neater longer, but it, that also does require you know on some rainy saturday right being like okay i'm going to spend like an hour on my kids drawers and they can do it with you but getting them getting them all in some semblance of of uh, organization.
0: I also feel like the letting go of the folding lets the kids take more ownership. Like I'm now moving to the system where everybody has a hamper. When it's full, you do your old laundry and you bring it back upstairs. And they could just shove stuff in the drawers because it's already shoved in the drawers. I would just, just have yeah. to not think about it when I try to go to sleep at night and be like, there's unfolded clothes up
1: there. The problem with the unfolded clothes is that eventually you break the dresser drawer. Has this happened to you?
0: Oh, <laughs>
1: I mean only 9,000 times. <laughs> eventually you do have to get, get in there and pull out the size for Thomas the Tank Engine underwear that's somehow still in their drawer It's once in a while. Fair. Um, okay, so a- Annie from Avenue Mama, again, she has this tip. I think this is pretty pretty hardcore, but she says, why not keep the kids' laundry on the same floor as the washer and dryer? So if you can't like bring your washer and dryer on the same floor as your kids' rooms, then bring a dresser. She has a sort of an armoire on the first floor and all her kids' clothes go in there. And that's where they stay.
0: Oh, I mean, respect to Annie, but I reject this tip wholeheartedly. Because they wouldn't stay in the armoire, is that why? I can't stand, my, my pet peeve, and I stand against clothing in the living room area. Like clothing, I have taken a fully outbreak style containment system to the house. Like no food leaves the kitchen, no clothes come out of the bedroom. Like whatever horrible contagion is going on in that area, I all I my I'm on a full containment system. So the idea of bringing clothing into the living room is horrifying to me. Like a double airlock door yeah between <laughs> a sally port like at the jail, you know, like it opens on one side and then it closes like nothing comes out. Yeah, I mean, cuz this this is this is your problem with
1: my my small change big difference that I've given many times on this podcast which was my, my our school mornings changed once we got a set of toothbrushes and toothpaste for the downstairs bathroom. Um that you said the problem with that is that somebody came over to visit oh and yeah
0: and the whole downstairs i took this tip and i was like oh that's a great idea and then someone came over to use the bathroom and after they left i went into the bathroom and it was like <laughs> someone had taken like one of those like makeup brushes that like makeup the, the airbrush spray, gun an yeah. airbrush like it sprays and just sprayed toothpaste all over the bathroom and a i was finally humiliated layer. and i shook my fist at the sky and i yelled amy wilson we're we're not even through the laundry trips but we have to break. We have to break and and
1: while we're on break, you're going to hear some tips from our friends at Parent on Purpose and Midlife Mixtape. These are really good. We'll be right back.
0: Bombas makes the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. I am actually happy when I open my sock drawer and I see those Bombas peeking out. Amy, they spark joy. I'm glad to hear that. And
1: you wouldn't think that socks could spark joy, but I know that you're right because I feel the same way. I mean, who would have thought it, Amy? Who would have thunk it? They're like a little bit of happiness in my morning when I have bombas to put on because they they just get all the little details right. The cotton is snugly in a way that I can't fully express. There's no seam. <laughs> And there's a part across the middle that's like knit a little differently.
0: So it sort of hugs the arch of your foot. It makes me happy. And I don't
1: care what people say. I love Bombas. I
0: want you to work on expressing about the toe seam, Amy. That's an assignment for <laughs> okay. you. These socks do more than keep your feet cozy though, Amy. For every pair you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. We're talking 34 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of three thousand giving partners. Give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at Bombas.com slash laughing. That's B-O-M-B-A-S.com slash laughing for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash laughing. Beachbody
1: On Demand is back as a sponsor this week. If you're like me, you discovered online fitness as a way to keep your sanity during these last couple of months. And with Beachbody On Demand, you get instant access to 1,300 different workouts you can stream anytime.
0: I first learned about Beachbody, and you may have too, from P90X, which is an insanely effective workout, I will say. Fun and Highly intense, but Beachbody also has yoga, bar, dance. There's a kids and family collection to get everybody moving. It's a huge, huge range of classes. And some of the classes get you results fast. By the time it would have taken you
1: to drive to the gym, you did the 10-minute trainer, you're done. You can use Beachbody on your computer, tablet,
0: phone, smart TV, anywhere you are. Listeners of the What Fresh Health podcast can try Beachbody for free. You can get a special free Beachbody trial membership when you text laughing to 30 3030. 30. You will get free, full access to the entire
1: Beach Body on Demand platform. All the workouts, all the support, all the content, totally free by texting Laughing to 303030. 30, 30. Check it out.
2: Hi, my name is Nancy Davis Coe with the Midlife Mixtape podcast, and my piece of parenting genius that simplified my life was when I stopped caring about whether my kids cleaned their bedrooms. I have two daughters, and the day came for both of them where it just looked like a dumpster fire in their bedrooms, and I realized I could spend all my time nagging them, or I could close the door. And that was the path of least resistance that I took, and I want to tell you, it made everything easier. You know what? The girls each have their own room. Those rooms have doors. Let's put it all together and just close them. If you worry that they're going to grow up to be slobs, I will give you a piece of empirical uh, evidence that says that my now 20-year-old went off to college and her dorm room looks immaculate and she shares it with a roommate who likes her because they're both neat and tidy. So it can turn around. And I'll tell you, here's the other added bonus... When she left for college, one of the reasons I didn't fall apart at that time was because I knew I could go in and clean her room and enjoy a clean bedroom for three and a half to four months before she came home again for the end of the term. So really, there's all kinds of reasons to let the kids let it go.
3: Hi, guys. This is Amy Carney with parentonpurpose.com. And one system that helps uh, me with uh, while raising my five kids is a clipboard system. So I just have a brown basic clipboard for each child and I use my label maker, put their name on them. And they know that when they come home from school, they're to put any paperwork that my eyes are to to see on that clipboard and bring it and put it in on the kitchen island. And so that way I can, at my convenience through the evening, I can kind of look and see if there's things I I need to sign or paperwork that I need to transfer dates over to my calendar, just anything, any communication um, from school you know, to myself, goes on that clipboard. And then once I sign anything or anything that needs to go back to them, I can just um, put put the clipboard back on their desk or whatever works for you and your family. But the clipboards are awesome because they take them in the car too. Um, they, they put their homework on those and bring them in the car when we're running people to sports or activities. And that way they've got a hard surface um, and can, kind of keeps everything in place. So I highly recommend just basic clipboards if you uh, have a lot of kids and have a lot of paperwork. And it just kind of keeps everyone um, organized. So,
1: Margaret, have you been feeling a little sluggish lately? Lately. <laughs> Always. <laughs> it has come up. And I was wondering if you had considered that it might be from some really old toxins that your body is holding on to. I have not considered that. Because I know you like onion rings. We've talked about that. I do. They're good. Do they have toxins in them? Just a few. You know what I like? I like pizza crusts. The pizza crust is my favorite part. No judgment. I'm just saying that sort of very processed foods like that tend to stick around in your body for a while. Like how long? Like Years. I hate to break this to you. You've got years of sort of leftover products of stuff like that that you're carrying around in your colon. And that stuff causes bloat, low energy, low metabolism. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I'm very familiar with low metabolism. With all of these things. Well, do you want to know what you can do about it? I do. The teamy 30-day Detox tea. This is from our sponsor, T Me Blends. And and there's no anybody can do this, right? There's no there's no burpees required. There's no there's no fitness required. You drink tea and you feel better. They send you a, a month's supply of two teas. You get the skinny tea, which I've been drinking every morning before breakfast. I have my water, I have my coffee, and I have my skinny tea. And then there's a something called the colon tea, which you have every other night before bed. I've been doing it and I've been feeling better. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, is it about looking good? Yeah, sure. But it's also
0: about not feeling exhausted. It's about having more energy and, and I feel better. I am going to go, Amy, to teamiblends.com and enter the code FRESH15 for 15% off any order. That's right. It's T-E-A-M-I
1: blends.com and then you enter the code FRESH15.
0: Can I do the tagline? Sure. Teami blends. It's not just a tea. It's a lifestyle. Okay, we're back and amazingly enough we are still talking about laundry, Amy, cuz we cannot skip our tip from Melissa Person. Melissa Person, real name. I wonder is her name really <laughs> Melissa Person or maybe she's just like that's her handle, like she's Melissa Person. We like I don't it. know. We may never know. She uses the timer on her washing machine, loads it at night, sets the timer for 8 hours, by the time I get up the wash is done and I can transfer it to the dryer and fold while the kids eat breakfast. Yeah that's that's aggressive. I don't think I could get all that done. And I don't think my washing machine has a timer. No, but it doesn't have an alarm,
1: right? That's amazingly Ugh. difficult. This to is set the bane of
0: my existence. If someone knows how to turn off a washing machine alarm, my husband is an electrical engineer with an advanced graduate degree in electrical engineering as it has not been able to figure out how to turn off the unbelievable annoying alarm on our washing machine and so we have to be very judicious like even if the other night it was revolutionary day at my kid's school of course I forgot of course we had to be dressed in like white starched shirts at 7 45 a.m of course there was nothing clean the night before and so at about 9 45 I'm lying in bed and I think oh my god I should throw that laundry in But I was so tired, I wanted to go to sleep, and I realized if I put the laundry in, it would start this incessant beeping that would not turn off until I woke woke up and went down and turned it off. And so I ended up having to set an alarm for like 5.15 a.m. to do the laundry because I can't do it at night because the timer alarm is so annoying.
1: We have a listener in Ireland who actually gave us a tip, and I couldn't find it when I went to collate these, and I was so excited. I must have like hit delete by accident because I was so excited we had a listener in Ireland. So...
0: Yeah, hello. That's our homeland. Hi,
1: Ireland. Yeah, exactly. So she said she said that she um, that their washer is loud and it's in their downstairs area and you know it's making noise and stuff during the day. So she always runs it when they when they go to bed at night so they don't have to
0: hear it. And then she puts the clothes on the line in the morning. Isn't that a lovely notion? I know you're so entranced by the romance of the Irish clothesline. But yeah. listen, I have a f- strong feeling that if you were actually doing the Irish clothesline, you might not be as entranced by the notion. You'd be like, please just get me a washing machine with a timer. We used to have a clothesline. I mean, it was the 70s. I don't know. Maybe my mom was just being, oh, we had, minded. we had a clothesline at our, line. at our, at, our, at uh, my grandma's house. There was a clothesline, pinning stuff on the clothesline. Yeah. I will say this, the advantage of the, the what we've gained and what we've lost, it's always a double edged sword. What we've gained is not having to deal with the clothesline and like running out. Oh my god, it's raining! Everyone, run! Grab stuff off the clothesline. Like the the the, the clothesline. You have some romantic notion about clotheslines. They were a horror show. This is an old deluxe alert, by the way.
1: Back in my day, fully half deluxe the people Lux listening alert. are like, "What's They're a like, clothesline?" A
0: clothesline. I think I've seen <laughs> that in old movies. The advantage of the clothesline, which I realize now, my kids at any given time have forty-seven changes of clothes just because. Clothes are so cheap and they get, you know, the fun run t-shirt and the school t-shirt and the school revolutionary day t-shirt. And then, you know, you go to Target and shorts are 86 for $12. So you get them all. And that is why I am drowning in laundry. Like the idea, I I keep trying to go back to a day where every kid just has seven changes of clothes and then one nice outfit. Why They don't need any more clothes than that. But we, my daughter is the only girl in a long line of girl cousins. And she could change her clothes 15 times a day and never wear the same thing, but we get them and they're beautiful. And while I can't stand to give them away, let me hang them up. And we're drowning in clothes. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to deal with a clothesline, those clothes would be gone.
1: Well, yeah, the, the hand-me-downs, the hand-me-downs are real. You got to deal with them on the way in. You got to go, got to go through each one and be like, do you like this? Would you wear it? And then, then immediately.
0: Right. Give but away, what happens give to aways. us is there's 170 dresses in the bag and we do that process and we still end up with 90 dresses. Yeah. So. Cause they are all beautiful.
1: Let's move on to school mornings, because we've got some good tips for, for the school mornings and how to if make them must. easier. We, we
0: do have a Morning Madness episode if you would like to dive into this, do a
1: deep dive into this topic. Yeah, it would be easy. Just go to whatfreshallpodcast.com, search for Morning Madness, and it'll it'll pop right up. Rebecca. So he her, her nine-year-old used to be more indecisive than she was about what to wear in the morning, try on different outfits, upset, moving towards having a, uh, a total fit. So on Sunday nights, she has him pick out five outfits, complete, underwear, socks, Soup to nuts. Lay them all out. And then each morning of the school week, he can pick any of the five outfits. By the time Thursday and Friday rolls around, you know, the, the choices are more limited, but that's what's left. And again, it's absolute. It's whiteboard. It's it's the the outfits on the floor are in charge, and it has made her mornings much much easier. This is a back to one
0: thing for me. We talk a lot about back to one on the podcast. Like when you reset, I have this system. I have accordion things that hang in every kid's closet, and I put underwear, socks, top, bottom in each one for all seven days of the week. Uh, but I I just stopped doing it. When I do it, life is easier in the morning. But the, I think the trick is when your bandwidth. kids are old enough you know let them let them pick out the outfits i mean gosh
1: my kids my kids go to here's my small change big difference send your kids to a school with a uniform there's no more talking
0: about what to wear because it's yeah. the same
1: every day and it's although a the row. uniform
0: everything's a double edged sword amy the uniform you have to have the right pieces like if you're missing the piece you're in trouble yeah it's true
1: yeah and then you just have to have 70 of everything so yeah. so holly says that her kids eat breakfast in their pajamas because otherwise they spill stuff on themselves, which definitely happens in my house. And then her kids who are six and eight, they get dressed in the kitchen so that they don't have to go back upstairs. I know this is antithetical to everything you stand for, Margaret. It but does not pass my containment system test and I cannot support this. I feel like I might start making my teenagers change in the kitchen, which would, it would be <laughs> mortifying for them. Really? But like, yeah, they, they, like, it's, it's the, it's the going back up to get dressed that just, you, you lose you lose time. They go, I don't know where they go, through the looking glass, and then they just don't come back.
0: Yeah. The amount of times where I've had the thing of like, go up and get dressed, and then I'm running around, I'm making the snacks, I'm making lunches, I'm whatever, finding shoes, and then 20 minutes later, someone just walks by me in pajamas, and I lose my mind. I'm just like, what? What? Like, I trusted you. I'm like a soap opera betrayal. Like I'm a scene on The Bachelor. I'm like, I trusted you and you lied to me. I thought you were getting dressed, but you weren't. And I'm sure that's really effective and works really well. No, it's great. It makes for a really peaceful and nice morning and everything's great in my house. Emily, Emily
1: E. Rourke on Instagram. She says, this is a a good tip. In the Morning Madness episode, I talked about buying my son, who had a hard time getting up in the morning, one of those slowly sunrising alarm clocks that sort of simulates natural light coming up in your room. It's supposed to help you wake up more easily. It does work. Well, she got one for herself. Prior to this, I've been waking up to my phone alarm or to my crying kids and somehow waking up to an alarm clock that mimics the sunrise makes getting up before my kids less jarring. Plus, I no longer have to keep my phone in my nightstand, which takes away the temptation to look at my phone right before I go to bed. And as soon as I wake
0: up, our house is oddly constructed and kind of flimsy. (laughs) And so the minute one of my kids gets up and their feet hit the ground, I'm up for the day, which is usually around, I don't know, let's say 630, which is a fine time for me to be up. If that was not the case, I would definitely get this because I am definitely of the mind that like, being fast asleep and cozy in bed and then it's like it ruins my whole day. That sunrise alarm clock I will invest in if I ever, ever, ever need an alarm clock again, which I'm beginning to lose hope that I ever will.
1: Uh, yeah. You got to get the phones out of the bedrooms, right? That's a they. It's a creep. Do they it's come back? They come back. We all we all used to have alarm clocks. Not even sunrise alarm clocks, just regular alarm clocks. Yeah. And now now I've got to know like everything that just happened in the world with everybody I went to high school with last thing before I go to bed. Yeah, no, so well, it's very
0: it. important to remember the birthdays of people you can't remember how you know on Facebook. So you <laughs> cannot, God forbid, you leave so your you phone reach behind. Out. How would you keep up? I want to give a shout out to Kelly from the Chatty Sisters podcast,
1: who also says she brings her kids clothes downstairs the night before, her son's four, um, so that it, there's there's much less stress in the morning. I'm going to say the fewer transitions you can have in the morning, the better. So sounds like if you really don't want clothes in the kitchen, Margaret, you want them to all get dressed while they're upstairs, and then once they're downstairs, not have to go back upstairs. At least that's what works in my house.
0: Oh, yeah. Finish the upstairs part and then come down and then don't go back up. Mm, we still do come down in your pajamas, have breakfast, go up and get in your clothes because we still have the spilly kids who spilly kids. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I can't send them to school in like oatmeal covered clothes. Let's talk about the the uh, the sort of evening
1: bedtime time saving stuff. Sure. A lot of people, Kara and Megan, talk about the checklists. This is this is the other another version of the whiteboard, right? There's there's bedtime checklists, and then Kara says you don't have to repeat yourself. You can just say do your list.
0: I have really adopted this system. I have small lists written all over the house. I have a bedtime checklist, I have a morning checklist. And one thing is they get old like they they kind of become obsolete because you make them and then the kids start ignoring them after a while, so it's good to update them every once in a while, but takes you out of the equation and like have you brushed your teeth because otherwise, I mean, my 9-year-old still just this morning and I was thinking about it. What did I say? Oh, come brush your teeth before school. And I actually still keep his toothbrush downstairs because I realize I have to supervise him brushing his teeth. Otherwise, it's just like he brushes one tooth and that he thinks he's done. And he responded with, "Uh, brush my teeth? What? And I just thought, we've been doing this for nine straight years, basically. (laughs) Why is this a surprise? How can this still be a surprise that in the morning you brush your teeth? Like why are we having this conversation as if I am introducing a brand new set of information every single day? And the checklist helps with that. The checklist
1: helps. And somebody along the way said to me like, uh, that you have to make sure, have your kid do the checklist. If you're, Even if your kid is five, they can be um, printing out pictures from the internet and gluing it to something. There's a picture of a toothbrush. And there's Put them in charge of the list and have them in charge of what needs to be on it and what doesn't need to be on it. And they're much more likely to follow it. And by the way, these lists... Uh, could last a lot longer than you would think they do. These are still
0: useful for middle school kids. Shower list behind a little bit of a Saran wrap to remind my boys where which parts of their bodies they need to wash. Oh, yeah, no, my, one of my teenagers it just like the dirtiest
1: knees you've ever seen, like chimney sweep knees, and. um we had to explain that you are, in fact, supposed to use soap on these sort of knees down areas and not just sort of let the water run over them and see what happens.
0: Yeah, that my, my kids are in an, on an all let the water run and see what happens system in the shower. And I have had to go back to supervising my nine and seven-year-olds in the shower. With, with hygiene,
1: um, you can be more explicit than you think you need to be sometimes. Oh, Err on the side of explicit. That's my (laughs) advice. (laughs) Uh, On the other hand, Cynthia says she does bath night twice a week. That's it. And you know what? When they're not when they're not teenagers yet, I am fully behind that.
0: Yeah, my my kids only take a bath twice a week, probably sometimes three times. And the other thing is, I just finally this year, my oldest guy stayed in a bath until he was like eight, and my five year old is taking showers. Like I just got to a point where I do not have an hour and a half of bath time in me, right? To <laughs> like hang out, night. to like
1: sit on the edge of the toilet and, and chit chat, yeah,
0: chat away and sing songs. And I'm good, thanks. Get in the shower, and my my. <laughs> (laughs) she's six now, but she started at five and she truly acted like I was trying to murder her. But I'm like, this is how we're getting clean now. It's different, right, when you have to keep your eyes on them every second anyway. They might
1: as well be in the bath where they're happy as climbing on top of the bookshelf. But yeah, when when she's six and you don't have to be in the same room with her anymore, then don't be in the same room anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have to be in the same room while she takes a shower, but because otherwise she's like, I'm afraid of the water. But yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, that's reasonable. For bigger kids... Aaron, who's my cousin, she says that her
0: 10-year-old has a, a walkie-talkie for when he's out and about. That seems like fun. We got walkie-talkies for my kids, and I'll tell you what. Oh, a cheap walkie-talkie off of Amazon will buy you a couple hours away from your kids. It's very Stranger Things. Uh, I'm not a Stranger Things uh,
1: Yeah, I Yeah, they all, they all communicate on walkie-talkie because it's the yeah. 80s. This is a way, you know, don't, don't uh, say no to the phone for a little while longer, right? She says, I feel relaxed knowing where he is, and he thinks he's super cool.
0: Yeah, I like the walkie-talkie.
1: And then Emma, this is a really good uh, tip for me as well. She says she's not buying new hoodies for the kid who loses them, that you're constantly they're constantly leaving that Nike Under Armour hoodie at practice on the sidelines of a game at their friend's house. And and, and I put name tags in everything, but that doesn't mean you get it back from the you know, state park where they left it. right. So she was frustrated with her son. Her son had a lot of anxiety about having forgotten them, but that doesn't help them remember it the next time. So she's just not spending money on sweatshirts anymore. She's doing hand-me-downs. She's going to Goodwill and getting them for $4 and then it doesn't matter. And yeah. she said, this has worked so well. She's now doing this for water bottles. Apparently you can get unused promotional water bottles at Goodwill or wherever for... Pennies on a dollar, and your kid has like a breast
0: cancer walk water bottle. And <laughs> right. They'll probably use it,
1: and that it one you'll have for ten years for sure, right? Not the not the one, the stainless steel one that's sixteen ninety nine that they used
0: once and left. I want to talk about Elizabeth McGuire, who has an awesome website called the sibling revelry project. And she photographs siblings and then she tells their stories underneath. And you should check it out on Facebook, check it out on the web. It's just really fun. And the siblings are like, they're little kids, they're adults, and it's just siblings talking about what it's like to be a sibling. And it's beautiful,
1: right? Their stories are told sort of in their own words underneath the pictures. Yeah, but they're beautiful photos as well.
0: And so we were with her at mom 2.0. And she said that one of her go true strategies is the reset. And I loved this idea because I'm doing it, but we don't have a name for it. Music and Fresh Air like the kids are fighting, everything's kind of going awry in the house. And she says like, particularly music, they put on Madonna in the house. And now her daughter has gotten to the point where she's like, mom, I think we need a little Madonna. Like they have a, <laughs> a, a break, they go for a walk or they put on music and it is the family reset. And this is something that I kind of do, but I'm going to actually make it a little bit more of a
1: thing. She, I, I asked her, is, so I said, is this is something your kids know you're doing? Are they like in on it that, okay, we're going to put on music now and have a reset. And she said, oh, fully we call it out Time for for a reset and and the kids laugh about it but they but they understand
0: what it is and they totally buy in my best friend when she was she was with me at one point and my baby was going absolutely insane i think it was the oldest and like going into like we used to call it red mode because his face would get like completely red and he would look like like the baby from the incredibles when it's about to like turn into a superhero (laughs) and just like whoa we've lost it we're going to defcon like this is bad and she blew in his face and he just went oh And then he stopped crying. And she's like, yeah, it's like a, it's like a reset button for a baby. like, you just overwhelm their sensation for one second. And then they don't do it for three minutes. It's like a quick reset. And I think I was watching this documentary about fire, um, about oil well fires in Iraq. At some point during the first Iraq war, tons and tons of oil wells were set on fire. And so they brought crews from all over the world to figure out how to put out these fires. And like some people put water on them and some people put caps on them. And the whole idea was like, whatever you do, some people blew the fire sideways. And like, if you can get the fire to break from the oil for one second, the fire is out. It's just breaking the connection between the fire and the oil. And I think of it all the time with my kids, like we've got an oil well fire and we need to reset. We need to break off the fire for a second so that we can cap the well. I like how all my metaphors are like demilitarized zone, Contagion outbreaks and oil well war fires, animals and natural disasters. Yeah. This is how we think of our kids. I'm like, you know how North South Korea, you know how in the Iraqi War, yeah. This is the metaphors I think of <laughs> when I think of. My you know children. how a rabid dog will. <laughs>
3: exactly.
0: The fact of the matter is, it is like an interesting metaphor when things are like going completely crazy. Like if we can just break this, if we can reset it for one second, we can cap it and be done. Love it. Reset. Thanks, Elizabeth. Can we give?
1: Can we give a, a shout out to this uh, tip from Mira, who lives in Queensland?
0: Ah, Inter- another international. I know, listener. I know.
1: She says we are a very pale, freckly family
0: who live in Queensland which has the world's highest skin cancer rate. And can we just also give a shout out from one pale, freckly family to another? Right.
1: We're a very pale, freckly family. Anyway, she puts the sun, she calls it the sunburn cream. Of course she does. She puts the sunburn cream on the kids while they're still strapped in their car seats. Yeah, why is sunscreen still such an Oh a my God. With, with my kids too, I'm like, this is also the worst part of my day. Do you understand that? Like, I, I was thinking about that before when you were saying, why are we still talking about why do I have to brush my teeth? when you're, when it's in the summertime, like, y-
0: yeah, you have to do this every, every day, guys. Like oh, oh my eyes. Oh my, like, just stand. Talk about what still. fresh hell. They're like, wait, <laughs> sunscreen again? Yeah. Yes. Every day, all summer, every day. And now that you've
1: been in the pool for three hours and got out to have French right. fries, I'm going to make you put on more. We yes, have a family more. history
0: of like 2,000 years of bog people mating with 2000 years of other people from the bog. And we are not meant to be in the sun. And you need to put sunscreen on. So do it while they're still strapped in the car seat. Uh, we don't have car seats anymore. <laughs> Mine
1: are free <laughs> rangers. Gotta I got to chase him down. I with have like to a see hose. about that. Right. What sort of restraint system I could put in place for a six foot tall teenager? I keep seeing articles sure where they're sun sun like, sunscreen.
0: that spray sunscreen doesn't really work. And I'm like, I'm skipping that article. I cannot go back to all cream. Oh, sunscreen. Yeah,
1: and I hate I hate the spray. I sunscreen. don't want to know. And you know, and with that, Mira, just, just strap your kids down when you want to make them do something. I think that's that's
0: really uh, a good a good small change. And as usual with our small changes, Amy, we maybe have 50 more, but we have to wrap. So I we're gonna take this conversation and wrap it up, but you can continue the conversation on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash what fresh And it's also Instagram too, what fresh hellcast, and
1: we're on Twitter at WFH.
0: Podcast. And this conversation is kind of always ongoing there with people sharing these really good, simple tips that for some reason we haven't thought of ourselves. I'm going to put up on our website, which is com,
1: links to all the uh, podcasts and sites and stuff you heard about today. There's some great parenting content out there.
0: Just before we go, I want to give a shout out to all of the people who were nominated with us for uh podcast of the year and send you to go listen to their podcasts. So the first one is Hey Sis. The next one is hashtag M writing, And you can just find these all by Googling them. And the other two are The Mom Hour with our friends, Megan Francis and
1: Sarah Powers and The Selfie Podcast. You can Google them or you can just use whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, search for them and subscribe. It's a great way to support some great shows.
0: And with that, guys, we will see you next week. Week? Thanks.